and like I'm just trying to be right down the middle on this stuff. I'm, I, I have a lot of criticism for Harry and, and Meghan's behavior, but there's there's a standard and that one standard applies to all of us. And, and once you start making a different standard for people you don't like, we no longer have rules and we no longer have logic. Love the British monarchy. You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Hi, guys. Kinsey here with the To Die For Daily podcast. And I know you will remember my friend Christopher Melcher. He is a high profile attorney here in the state of California, works with celebrities, works with all of the big wigs. So obviously, I'm going to go straight to him for this Markle versus Markle defamation case. Christopher, we got heat for our last conversation people were mad at us i don't i thought it went without saying that you do not have a dog in this fight okay you are literally looking at things from a legal perspective correct absolutely i mean i'm a court watcher you know practicing lawyer for almost 30 years now and i just i just look at it and i go by the facts and one of the things that i'm always challenging myself to do and i hope that everybody does is you know to get rid of this bias that we come into a lot of analysis with. And whether you're a fan of Megan or not, uh, the, the, the analysis should be the same, that you know we're looking at the law, we're looking at the facts, and, and take all this other stuff out of our head. So that's what I'm trying to do and, and not project onto this, whether I'm on team Megan or not. Can you walk us through what's happened most recently with the Markle versus Markle defamation, defamation case? Sure. So Samantha sued Megan for various statements that were made. Uh, one was in a book and then another was on the Oprah uh, interview. And so that that lawsuit, you know, kind of was progressing on. And when we had talked last, we were saying, OK, it's a very early stage of the case. And what kind of defenses could be made? And does this case kind of have legs? Could it actually withstand scrutiny? And now here we've had a judge uh, rule on this. And, and this is, again, early stages of the case. Both sides have lawyers. Those lawyers made arguments and a judge made a decision. And basically what it came down to is, is that there, there's the first set of statements that were in this book that was not published by Megan. And that's key um, the, for a defamation claim to be made. It, it has to be proof that this was published by Megan and Megan was not the author. And um, I thought, though, Samantha had established that Megan did give comments to the authors of that book and gave input. But her fingerprints aren't necessarily at least directly on it. Wow. So the judge looked at these statements in, in, in there and said, look, well, Samantha can't bring a cause of action for a defamatory publication unless she establishes that Megan published that book. Megan didn't publish the book. It was published by others. Sure, they brought content from various sources, but Megan didn't publish it. Therefore, any statements in that book that Samantha believes are are defamatory, can she can't sue Megan. She's ought to sue the publishers of the book, can't sue Megan for that. Wow. So that's one of the biggest arguments I saw underneath our video was, you know, Megan had made comments to Omid Scobie through their press secretary, Jason, and Megan made comments to Oprah Winfrey on inter international television that 
that made it more, it made it difficult for Samantha to get a job. It made it difficult for Samantha to secure financial, um, any sort of financial security, whether it be the sales of her book, because it, it questioned her actual relationship with her sister. So why would I buy this book when, when her credibility is now damaged based on comments made by Megan? And you're saying the judge is looking at this, just saying, you know, okay, I see that there is a spider web here and that Megan might be attached, but it's not a direct line. So perhaps I can I would not blame Megan for th- these statements. That's right. For for the statements that are in this book, the the SCOBY book, um, and there was a co-author, and I forget the person's name uh, at the moment, but there was you know two authors of that book. The the judge says those are the authors. Those are the people who publish those statements about Samantha. And that uh, Megan did not publish it and therefore cannot be sued for publication of a false statement because she did not make the statements. Wow. And certainly, and it reflected poorly on Megan, that um, Samantha had somehow come across these emails where Megan and Harry had said, we are we 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 kind of want to be involved, uh, you know, behind the scenes in this certain aspects of this book and may have contributed some information, but it wasn't enough for the judge to say that Megan published it. So, you know, this is the thing you go to court and for a legal dispute, we surrender our, our dispute to the judge for resolution. And on, on that particular uh, part of Samantha's case, the judge said, well, look at the book, you know, she's being sued. Meghan Markle is being sued for a book that she didn't write. And although, you know, she may have talked to people or been interested in this book, she's not the pub- she's not the publisher of it. She didn't write it. And therefore, she can't be sued for it. That's what the judge said. And so all claims relating to statements in the book are off limits. They cannot be revived. There's some Oprah statements that we're going to get to that she might, she's on life support, but Samantha could potentially go back and, and try to continue on that part of the case. But the, the stuff in the book, off limits, done. Ooh. And so um, this idea that, um, yeah, well, I guess we'll get to, to the statement I sent you from Samantha after we discuss Oprah. So what, where is their life? Where is there a heartbeat within the Oprah Winfrey interview? Sure. So on the Oprah interview, the Oprah asked Megan about Samantha and Megan responded that anything that um, Samantha has to say really should be, and I'm paraphrasing here, Mm -hmm. should be taken with a grain of salt because they were not close, that uh, Megan had not seen Samantha in many years and um, and that Megan had grown up as an only child. Yeah. Those are the three basic statements that were made to Oprah that um, Samantha claims are false and defamatory against her. The judge had looked at those statements and basically said, look, I mean, obviously they're published by Megan. So we got you know that element done. Um, but these were statements of opinion, not fact. And that is key because, you know, we can't be sued for our opinions. We get sued in a defamation case. We get sued for making false statements of fact about somebody else that causes them damages. That's defamation. 
So uh, we all have a right to our opinions and express those, especially in the United States. We have a First Amendment right to that. So that's very heavily guarded. Mm -hmm. And so um, and people understand when they're listening to someone say things like, well, we weren't that close, that that's not an objective truth that can be proven true or false in court. That is her Megan's feelings about the relationship and that she can express that and, and be free of you know, a threat of suit for that. So the court was saying, look, when you look at all these statements and you take them together, a reasonable viewer would understand that Megan was describing her thoughts and beliefs, impressions, opinions about the relationship or not relationship that she had with Samantha and that that was not a false statement of fact. And so the judge said, look, you know, Samantha, I don't think you're going to be able to overcome this, but I'll give you another chance to basically type out another complaint and somehow explain why these three statements that were made to Oprah are statements of fact that could be proven, you know, demo demonstrated in a court of law that this statement is true or false. How would we be able to prove, no, they were close? I mean, what does it mean? Like you, you may have people in your life that you've seen for years and interact with, but but feel like you weren't really close with them and they might feel the opposite. Oh, no, we were best of friends. So the judge is saying, I don't think you're going to get there, but you're going to give Samantha another shot to explain, like, how are these statements of fact and not statements of feelings? And Samantha's attorney is saying, we are not done yet. We're going to figure it out. Right. Like that was almost, I would say, a pretty fired up re response. Um, I, I have it right here. Let's just like take let's just read a few lines because the the reaction was, you know, this is not over yet. It's unfortunate to see the press has chosen to wrongly report on the judge's ruling as a total win by Megan. Upon reviewing the order, it is made very clear that the entire case was not tossed out. But in fact, the judge is allowing Samantha the ability to amend her complaint within a 14 day period, which is what you said. This upcoming amendment will address certain legal issues that are related to our claims for defamation as it specifically relates to the Oprah interview on C uh, CBS. Um, so they're, I guess, realistically, what they're just trying to do is say, we don't like the, the direction this is taking. This this story is not over. Um, it, it doesn't really sound like they've got a, a strategy necessarily in place by the, the, the words that they use, but they certainly want the media to stop saying Megan is walking away the winner so quickly. Yeah. So, um, and, and blaming it on Megan. OK, so the thing is, um, and I've read those headlines, too, and and it, most of the headlines say um, case dismissed. It's over. Megan won. Um, but then when you look at the actual order, which I've obtained and we've both looked at, um, that's not entirely true. And uh, so uh, Samantha's lawyer is blaming it on Megan and saying that Megan is going out and, and getting the press to state a false narrative. I'm not really buying that um, only because reporters are not lawyers. They don't understand all these nuances. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm a media commentator dealing with this daily. 
And there's a lot of stories out there that are just not correct. Christopher, you would have been so mad at me during the immigration stuff. I was like, yes, citizen. And then somebody was like in my ear, he's not a citizen. He's not a citizen. And it's like, I'm a reporter. I'm not an attorney. So I had a hard time reporting on the immigration status of Harry, even though I did all of, you know, all my due diligence. I still, because that's not my expertise, I flubbed a, a few words. So you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not, you know, the mistakes are made and one one person takes off with that headline and it's a domino effect. Everybody grabs that headline. That, that's absolutely right. And if you if you if you looked at this document and we can make it available, if people want to see it, um, it says the case is dismissed. Yeah. And, and, it, and then it and then it says kind of. But as to the Oprah statements without prejudice. Wow. Now, any of you, any of you out there listening to this, unless you're a lawyer who practices civil law, you would not know what without prejudice means. And, and, and in England, they have that that statement is even means something completely different in English law than it does in U.S. law. Wow. But in U.S. law, without prejudice means that you have a right to try again. Um, English law it's without prejudice is meaning it's a confidential offer. Um, so these are these are legal. This is legalese. OK, so a lawyer looking at it, I would I would clearly like Samantha's lawyer correctly pointed out. It's like, no, it's not completely dismissed. Just the stuff about the book is done. That's that's with prejudice. So that means it's done and buried. But the Oprah stuff is without prejudice, meaning come back again. So some reporter looking at this. OK, were they were they influenced by Meghan Markle's team to try and come out there to, you know, put out a headline that's not totally accurate. Who knows? Who knows what's going on behind the scene? But to me, this seems like, you know, a reporter not understanding the very nuanced legalese language there. So, yes, they have another right to do it again. Um, will they be successful? No, no, they will not. In my opinion, they will not, because those statements were not, um, you know, again, when you look at the whole interview and what she was saying, it was a statement of opinion. She she's saying and the judge was very careful saying, you know, when when Megan said I basically grew up as a as an only child, that the the reader or, or listener would not understand that statement to mean that there is no familial relationship between Samantha and and Megan. She's not denying the fact that that Samantha is her half sister. What what the reasonable viewer would understand is that. And again, this is what the judge says. Don't blame me. Yeah, what the I know. judge is saying is that that um, reasonable viewer would understand that statement is I grew up as if I were an only child. I mean, and I, so that's where it gets back to the opinion or feelings part of the statement. I think that, you know, I've, I've heard you talk about Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. I've heard you can, you know, um, commentate on other trials. And I think you've got a really good understanding of branding and objective. And certain people go to court not because they want to enhance their bank account or because they want a quick buck, but because they, they're they trying to prove a point. If you were advising someone like Samantha Markle, if you had a similar client that, because I don't think that Samantha's out to make you know a, a fortune off of Harry and Meghan. I think Samantha is frustrated because she feels like that that Megan is not telling the truth about her. Would you advise her to to go about it a different way? Would you say, I don't know if litigation is is the 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 correct way to do this? You know, should you? I mean, 
thinking broader than than law would you say start a youtube channel or start a podcast or you know or you know write part two of your book uh i don't know i just i don't know i don't i understand what her objective was but i don't know if litigation was the the, the right way to go well i have a pretty cynical view on that that i'll get uh -oh. to in a second <laughs> set some more people here but the um kind of looking back at it if Samantha had never said anything at all about, you know, Megan, um, then then it would be completely different analysis here because she would have just been private citizen minding her own business. And all of a sudden now Megan is making negative statements about her. It, to me, if that's the way it happened, all sympathies would be with Samantha wow. and and Megan would be in trouble because, you know, otherwise it's like just attacking this private citizen happens to be your half-sister for no reason at all, making her look bad, that would have been a good case. Wait, but I have I, I have to interrupt you before you finish. Yeah. So Samantha did was critical of Megan in, in, in a public forum, I agree. However, was it unfair of, and this is, you're, you're so probably gonna roll your eyes and go, I am not a royal watcher, I do not care. But was it fair of Megan not to prepare her family? Because at the same time, Megan's family was bombarded with this media attention that they weren't prepared for. Perhaps they were resentful and felt overwhelmed because all of a sudden they had multiple reporters knocking at their door and calling them at 3 a.m. because they're on London time. And, you know, I, I get what you're saying and I agree with you. Wow, it would be a completely different case had Samantha never said anything before. But I also sympathize with her family who were not mentally or physically prepared for the amount of attention that was thrust on them um, by Megan's association with Harry. And Harry and his family knew well enough to know that that is what the next steps were, that 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 they that Megan's family was going to be hounded. They did take care of Doria, Megan's mother, but it feels like her father's side of the family was left left in the cold. Well, well, sure. I mean, nobody could probably understand that level of of media attention and and yeah that that's very true um but i guess what i just come back in is common sense and dignity and you know we've all had problems with family members or friends and we try to like you know navigate through that hopefully with respect and and not just go all out and attack each other right so you know some some people are more apt to you know, doing things publicly and others are doing it more quietly. So whatever, however that led up where Samantha then was in the limelight or in a position to comment, she made a conscious choice to comment, but she meant more than that. She actually sold her story. I mean, and that's where I've seen an interview, words out of Samantha's own mouth to Piers Morgan, it, admitting that she has sold information about Meghan Markle. So she's put herself out there. And and then it's like, okay, now you have two half sisters arguing, you know, basically publicly over this family issue. And um, so there is a right to respond to that. And so so if Samantha comes out, and makes a statement about Meghan, Meghan has a right to come back and say, well, here's my side of it. I don't think um, Samantha has much information to share about me. We weren't that close. So, you know, you viewers should be suspicious about anything Samantha has to say because she's kind of bringing up 
information that she doesn't really have knowledge of. And, and that's basically what, what Megan was doing. So, right, right. But now to answer your question, and I'm sorry for a very long buildup to your other your question, which is, you know, litigate or not litigate. I think that this is a strategic litigation by Samantha because I, I see really no hope of it going to trial. I don't think it's going to survive all of these court rulings that are going to be coming down. Um, and um, but I think what she's trying to do is use it to extract what we call discovery and what in England they call disclosure. I was just going to ask you about this. Yeah, that's that's where the action's at, because um, and now some of that's on hold. Right. So she wasn't able to do it. There was a stay issued. But where the action's at is like Samantha says, well, hey, you know, I am. I'm upset about these statements. I'm going to sue in U.S. court for this and then try to exercise the power of subpoena to now go and get documents, uh, emails, um, you know, and, and, and now all of a sudden she's developing information, you know, presumably to try and prove her case, but that also she could leak or sell for her own advantage. So that's my cynical view on why she's litigating. So that's what I wanted. That was going to be my next question because there were all these headlines about what was to come. Harry was going to have to sit down for this Markle versus Markle case. Um, I don't know what word you just used, but so so what is the status of that right now? Would we, is there a chance that, I mean, it seems sounds like that could never happen truth, truthfully. That's a problem in these cases because um, when when there's a claim of defamation made in the United States, uh, and especially if it's in, you know, like an Oprah Winfrey interview that 50 million people watched uh, or in a book, um, this raises First Amendment issues. So we all have a, f a right of free speech. And there have been a history of, of lawsuits brought against people who have exercised their right to speak and uh, as a way of intimidating them. And so we have this set of laws called the anti-slap law, which, sorry, is uh, strategic litigation against public participation. So the anti-slap law tries to protect us in the United States so that we can exercise our right of free speech without the threat of being sued. So if you imagine you want to make a statement against some big chemical company or some very powerful person and you, you want to speak out and saying, like, I think something's wrong here. Well, of course, that that company or powerful person could hire a legion of lawyers to sue you and and basically throw you into bankruptcy, even if before you got to court, because you would just be answering information and being in, in lawsuit all day long. Yeah. So um, to stop that from happening uh, in the U.S., there are laws in Florida where this action is pending, has such a law that would say we can put a stay or a timeout on the discovery phase of the litigation until we can figure out, is there an action worthy of progressing here? And that's the stage we're in right now where she got at least partially dismissed. And so... Um, so that we don't have to subject this defendant, Megan, in this example, to having to reveal all of their information until they figure out if a state, if a cause of action for defamation can be stated. And if, and if Samantha gets past that hurdle, if she's able to type up something that gets past the judge and says, okay, fine, we can go, then she can start getting this information, potentially depositions, statements under oath, compelled uh, against Megan and Harry and anybody else that's involved and that would be very valuable. But at the moment, it's it's on hold. 
And if she, and if Samantha can't overcome this anti-slap motion, then there's a mandatory fee shifting uh, where uh, Samantha would have to pay all the legal fees uh, that Megan incurred in defending herself. Oh, my goodness. And I guarantee you, Megan has got some of the brightest minds in the state of California. So that's probably going to be a pretty hefty bill. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it is. This is this is the risk that we take now under these anti-slap laws, um, where it certainly can be hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees. So, again, the intention is right. Uh, we don't want um, powerful people or powerful companies to kind of squash people like you can imagine. I mean, you, you look at you, you, all the, the work that you're doing. If, if you had the threat of being sued constantly and hauled into court for every statement that you made or that was happening on your channel or podcast, you, you, you know, it would be terrifying. So well, listen, we do Christopher, I, all I own is a nice pair of shoes. So that's <laughs> all I'd be getting. <laughs> well, but still, you know, it's scary to be sued. Yeah, and so absolutely. we have, and if, and if that, and hopefully never happens to you, but if it did, you know, you have, and we all, everyone in the U.S. has this right of first, First Amendment right of free speech. It protects us. And to put teeth in that, we're saying, hey, if you happen to get sued, that um, we could put a, a pause on the litigation to have some of this work that we're seeing right now be done for have a judge to determine, like, is this thing worthy of going forward? And, and the judge is saying it's not worthy as to the book, might be worthy as to the Oprah statements, but the judge is putting down heavy caution flags, probably not, but giving her another chance to go forward. But hey, if she sued, if Samantha sued in, in a way that's unmeritorious, she will have to pay all of Megan's fees. So I have slap and your cell phone number if I get sued, which makes me feel really good about the situation. Really quickly, not to put you on the spot, do you have any comments on the Harry immigration story? Do you have any com any anything like what's what is your take on that? Sure. So I looked into that. I think, you know, again, some of this stuff is very technical. And um, so the way that the story initially came out was there. So there's the Heritage Foundation, which is a conservative group, had asked for information concerning Harry's application uh, to enter the country and um, in relation to drug use, because in um, interviews that Harry had given, he had admitted to using magic mushrooms Okay, in the book. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. And so, you know, pointing out that under U.S. immigration law that somebody could be excluded um, from the country um, if they have been convicted of the use of controlled substances or had admitted to it. And so they were seizing on the or admitted to part. Now, um, when you actually kind of look through all that, I think what they're really talking about is an admission to uh, somebody at, you know, at customs. So yeah. uses in the United States or custom integration services, if they were to interview somebody and saying, hey, have you been convicted of a drug use? No, I have not. Next question, you know, are you addicted or habitually using these illegal substances? Yes, I have. And start going into admissions, then technically they could be excluded. Here, there's no evidence that he was asked any of those questions. He didn't apply for citizenship. 
And he didn't. He didn't. There's no evidence he was asked any of those questions. No, wait, we that's what. That's I think what that where the, where there's confusion. Do we think that he applied for non-immigrant status on like an O-1 visa, which is special privileges because you're a rock star or you're a unique personality, you know, a diplomat. Um, I mean, I think the alternative is that Megan would sponsor him as as his wife, and because she is a citizen, do we think that he likely applied uh, as a non immigrant for the the non-immigrant visa i mean that i think that's where all the confusion is because it's just you said the right there's so many technical things here yeah yeah so we don't know for sure because those records are confidential in the u.s and they and and, and the heritage foundation has requested that they be released by april 12th and the likelihood is very i mean i doubt that we'll ever get the that information they they can it's it's confidential and so that but Harry had said he was not applying to be a citizen and um, or for any permanent resident status. So if you're if you're married, if, if, if you're if you're a non-U.S. citizen and you're married to a U.S. citizen, you can apply for a conditional green card. And then after time goes by, it can be an unconditional green card. So he says he's not going under that. So I imagine it's more just on some other status where he wants to spit have extended time in the United States, but not for the purpose of immigrating here for any kind of citizenship or permanent status. And so um, I looked at those applications to see, you know, what do they say about drug use and convictions? I couldn't find anything in particular that he might have been asked. So I think it's, again, a very hyper-technical argument. And the saying like, well, he is admitted to a reporter or said in his book, whatever, that he's used magic mushrooms or cocaine and those are controlled substances, uh, you know, would that have disqualified him? And again, it's the purpose of the U.S. law is not to say, has he admitted to anyone at any time? It's admitted, I think, to an agent of the United States when asking for permission to enter the country is what they're talking about and what they're really trying to I thought they were wondering if he lied. Well, that's right. Okay. So did he, did he, were they, was he even asked the question? So okay. if he, if he was asked the question and he lied, yeah, that'd be a big deal. Um, but I don't believe that he would have even been asked the question. Really? Because the, 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 the point here of when you're looking at whether to enter somebody in the country, they're looking at, you know, do you have convictions? No, he does not. And then on the drug use, they're looking at people who are drug addicts. So somebody who's habitually using this that you, you would just know by looking at them, this guy's a drug addict. And so those are the those are the things they're looking at. They're not doing some check on this guy's character in terms of have you ever during your lifetime done something illegal that you wish to admit to? And wow. if that were the standard, uh, nobody would be getting into the U.S. Right? <laughs> You're a sinner. We're, we're going to pray over you and you have to leave. <laughs> yeah, that that is not in any way what's going on. And if that were the standard. And again, this is where I go back to the initial comment, because, you know, and, and like I'm just trying to be right down the middle on this stuff. I'm, I, I have a lot of criticism for Harry and, and Meghan's behavior, but there's there's a standard and that one standard applies to all of us. And and once you start making a different standard for people you don't like, we no longer have rules and we no longer have logic. And 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 we also have to worry. It's like, well, what if we become part of the unliked class of people? Now all of a sudden we have different set of rules and expectations applied to us? No. So there's one standard. The standard is in no way that, you know, if you've 
admitted to using drugs when you were much younger to a reporter, all of a sudden you subject to expulsion from the U.S. No, no reasonable person would think that that's the, that would be true. And it's not true under the law. So uh, I think, like I say, nice headline, but it really didn't pan out uh, for or didn't withstand legal scrutiny. OK, I need you to take your lawyer hat off for a second and put on the hat of the guy that just said he doesn't like Harry and Meghan's behavior. And you cannot answer this if you want to. But does it bother you just a little bit that Harry says he doesn't want to be a citizen, but he works with certain groups to try to change the landscape of social media? And, you know, he says the First Amendment is bonkers. And, you know, you know I think he, he's working with the Aspen Institute, the Aspen Digital uh Institute to try to change the way we social, you know, socialize on, 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 on social media. And it's kind of just like, well, if you don't want to live here, why are you trying to, why are you trying to stir the pot? Well, I agree. I mean, I think that that's, um, you know, Hey, I mean, you know, you can express whatever opinion he wants, but um, some of the things are just kind of none of his business. And then there's also, you know, kind of shocking inconsistencies, I think with, you know, how he's treated the royal family and all that kind of stuff. So there, there is, um, I'm not sure what, what's going on, you know, with his mindset on that, because like I say, it seems highly inconsistent for pretty, pretty much everything that I'm seeing. Um, but, you know, ultimately, and, and then even when he decided, they decided to, to move to the U.S., I thought that that was very strange because, Coming to California, uh, you know, is no way a haven from the scrutiny of the press. I mean, this is the land of the paparazzi and we have the First Amendment. So this would be the last place that you would want to go if you want to be free of, of that kind of inspection by the media. Um, so, like I say, there's there's a there's a wealth of inconsistencies there for sure. Well, if I ever get in trouble with the law, you are the first person I'm calling. I've pu- I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna put you in my favorites on my phone. It'll be Mom, Dad, Christopher Melcher. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. You always make me feel so not stupid about this stuff because it's like you said, this it, it, it's really complicated. Both of those cases are very complicated, and you simplified them for us. So I greatly appreciate your time today. How can people keep up with you? Well, thanks. And that is my goal to try and make this simple because the law honestly is not that complicated. Um, so I'm, I'm mostly hanging on Twitter. I've been taking a break lately just because work has been overwhelming. But my Twitter handle is CA underscore divorce. And um, so I've been posting there, uh, like I say, a little bit of a hiatus because work is so much right now. But when I'm tweeting on there, I'm just trying to, to add something to the story and go in depth. Uh, and you absolutely do. Really quickly before I say goodbye, did you did you think that the Gwen, um, Gwyneth Paltrow case was the right verdict? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that the wheels were coming off that case pretty early, and I think the jury got that right. And what was surprising of that is that she came out looking much more likable than she entered. And that's the risk that everyone takes when they go to court. But she she did a much better job in relatability or likability on the witness stand than I had thought she had done, but the outcome was as predicted. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today, Christopher. I hope to talk to you again soon. Anytime. My pleasure. 